0: Welcome to the Hooked Hunting Podcast as Ken finishes his dinner. Here we are at turkey camp. We got Jordan and Tyler on the podcast today. We're going to be talking turkeys. We're going to be talking optics, guns, all the good stuff. Stick around. The essence of Ken Byers summed up in 20 seconds right there.
1: That might be the best intro of all time. <laughs> like I'm over here laughing and I'm trying to keep it together because I literally feel like I've heard all of those sounds from Ken
2: and we've only had it a couple times times. <laughs> so, any second. now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're mocking me, lad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Yes, it's, uh, Nate put that together. It took him about 20 minutes. So we just kind of pointed him to the different videos. And him being the editor, he had all the, all of them, you know, backed away and just kind of pulled it all out. So, And he says them quite a bit, you know quite a few times I mean
3: with this crew that's like hours and hours of gold audio content to pull from
0: so. we, we always yeah thanks Jordan Yeah, we always say that you know we have enough to make a documentary about Ken Byers and I think it's going to happen eventually
1: I, I'm waiting for the Netflix series it's going to be that 10 part mini series of yep. Ken ba- Byers <laughs> <Yeah>. easy now
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's well. Each one will be at a different location that he like owns because now he's just spreading out South Dakota, Montana, all these lodges that he's building, and we'll have to uh, do an episode on each one of them.
2: Okay, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but that's not all true. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I want to do an episode on the the salmon yacht. There's a yacht, right? For yeah.
2: Yep. A hundred
0: percent. Yep. As another Kenism, a hundred percent. All right. Anyway, so uh, Jordan, you are you, you Burst Optics. What's your official title there?
3: Yes. Yeah, so I'm the uh, director of uh, marketing at Burst Optics, Burst huh. Steiner Optics.
0: All right. Yeah. A little joint, joint operation going on there. And then Tyler, what is your uh, official title?
1: I'm the marketing manager at Weatherby. Okay.
0: Cool.
2: And, and, and buyers, do you, you have official title? Uh, not really. I, I'm a senior of something. No green bananas for me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Senior director of fun.
0: Uh, just senior. We'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but you guys have been out here for a little bit now for Turkey hunting and we've been having a little bit of fun, uh, a little bit going on. Uh, did you start? No, you didn't start bow hunting.
1: I did not know you, whether whether be starting with a bow yeah. hunt. Come nah, on, I just want to make stay sure on brand here. Uh, you you were with us when we were bow hunting. Yeah, I was playing backup for yeah. the bow hunters, the struggle stickers. Yeah. So. <laughs> I,
3: I was tempted to bring a bow, but when I saw the forecast, it looked like it was going to be super windy, potential for some rain or some snow, and man, those turkey nuggets are too good to take a chance, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and you had a a pretty good hunt. Um, to, to start with, and then you had a second one coming up too. Was it all in the same day you killed both your birds?
3: Yeah, I got a uh, Jake in the morning and then ended up with a really nice Tom later on. You got a good story to,
0: to tell us about it?
3: Oh, man. Uh, man, I was uh, I was a little bit bloodthirsty yesterday morning. I said, if it's got a whisker on it, it's going down. Uh, we've got a amazing cooking camp, Brad Fenson, and uh, he started talking about turkey nuggets and I, I i just knew like we had to get something down get get some get some meat in the fryer uh, but after that the mission was on for for finding a, a good old mature bird and um i mean it was tough it was tough it got really windy yesterday and we had to uh we had to get down in those deep valleys and ravines and, and really look for birds and uh we were on one particular road and we were almost at at the end of the day we we're at the end of the road there was you know, less than 100 yards left, and sure enough, that's where the birds were. So we uh, got the truck parked, made a, put, a, put a sneaky on them, and uh, ended up having to crawl about 160 yards to get into range. And then uh, finally they saw the fan, heard the calls, and, and beelined it to, to us. So uh, Brad Fenson and I, we, we put a double on and, and got them both. And uh, it was a little bit of a rodeo for the second bird, but uh, with this new TSS ammo, uh, gosh, I think his shot was 60 yards and it just wham smacked that bird and uh, put another shot on it at 70. And um, I mean, we found him shortly thereafter. So I, I was a little bit more fortunate. My bird hung up at, at 40 and he didn't, didn't take another step. So
2: yeah. Uh, tell us the uniqueness of that Turkey.
3: Yeah. So uh, originally I thought it was a, a double bearded Turkey because uh, there was a, a really good, you know, main beard and a, and a good secondary beard. And, uh, it wasn't till, until tonight when I was cleaning it out that, you know, I was going to pull the beers off, and I was like, wait a second, you know, what's that? And I was like, that, that's a third beard. And so I, uh, you know, I, I pulled it up, and I looked at it, I was like, wow, wait, wait, what's that? There's another one, and, and another one, and, a, and another one, and it ended up being six a six-bearded turkey.
0: That is insane.
3: Yeah, especially uh, out here in this neck of the woods, it was a pretty harsh winter. So yeah, t- to make it through with with one beard is is kind of been a a feat this year. But let alone six.
2: Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Though. Yeah, that's a that's a sweet. Oh, yeah, the hundreds and hundreds of turkeys that we've killed out here through the twenty years, that one would be right there in the top two.
3: That's wild.
2: Yeah. That is.
3: <laughs> yeah, you've seen more turkeys killed than just about anybody.
2: Yeah. Well, I think there might've been one that was eight or so beards. And, you know, just to see that happen, it's kind of like once in a lifetime, bird of a lifetime. So yeah. Congrats, brother. That's awesome, dude. That's really cool. And you grew up turkey hunting, didn't
0: you? Um, No. I mean, I was always around turkeys, uh, originally from Oklahoma. Uh,
3: I didn't get into turkey hunting until, until later, but uh, for anybody that turkey hunts, they know it's, it's an addiction. The first time you hear a, a bird gobble in the morning with that, that mist, you know, coming up with the sun coming up and you see him up there in the silhouette in the tree and you hear that gobble and, and then they talk back to you. It's just like, wow, this is uh this is something else, you know, it's uh it gets in you, it gets in your blood. So, uh, I mean, now that I've been at Burris Optics and I, I've done a lot of work with some other shotgun manufacturers over the years, it's like, i I've, I've been very blessed and fortunate to have these opportunities to go after these birds and now it's just like man i can't wait till the next one
0: yeah and you're pretty good with a call too I, I didn't realize that when last year when i met you i was right behind you and all of a sudden you start you know having these little clucks and whatnot i'm like oh this guy he knows how to <laughs> Well, when you're driving eight hours
3: across the middle of nowhere, you got plenty of time to practice. So. Yeah.
0: And his gobble. His gobble's
2: pretty good, too. You got
3: a good gobble, huh? <laughs> I got a, I got a halfway decent gobble.
2: Ooh, can you do that without a call in your mouth?
3: Uh, no, I got to have a call in my mouth. I can do a, a pretty good uh, turkey call without a call, but... Uh,
2: Ooh, let's hear it.
3: it. It ends up normally like this. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
0: Um, and Tyler, I, uh, you went on quite a few
1: stocks. I did. I got, I kind of accused of being a bird watcher. I mean, the first day was pretty tough, but then I got teamed up with the hush guys, Logie and Casey. And we, uh, we had a pretty eventful evening of the first night and we, we called in a couple of jakes and instead of doubling with Logie, I was like, Logie, if you want to, if you want to take him, go ahead and take him. So, Logie ends up killing this Jake, and Casey looks at me and is like, Tyler, what happened to smacking Jake? So, I was like, that just wasn't my bird, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, every stock that you've been on, because I, I I was with you on almost all of them, if, if yeah. not all of them, that we, you know, harvested birds, and th- they were all really unique and fun, you know? Oh, yeah. And you spotted the, uh, the other one where we were laying on the hill. Yep. You want to talk about that one?
1: Which one was that? The... <laughs> Col- it's been on
2: like four Colby yeah, shot that one. Yeah. And- oh,
1: yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We were that one. That one was a good one. We saw these birds in, in this bottom. It, it was a it was kind of a windy day. So these birds are really tucked in. So we have to use the glass. Kind of got to go and check every little coulee. So we find these birds up top. We make a game plan. We circle around and we come up to these birds and they're they're there. And we see them and we call them, call them. And then all of a sudden it's like they went quiet. Nothing's happening. Well, they actually like. We did not know this at the time, but they got past us. So we're like calling it quits, walking back to the truck. And, you know, we're probably like 50 yards from the truck. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And we all get down and there's there's the two birds that we wanted wanted to get. They're probably 90 yards away, maybe, yeah. maybe closer. Yeah. So finally, Kinzer had his gun unlocked or unloaded. So he was trying to get loaded and we're all in the wide open. And Ken gets all set up with Colby from Hoyt who didn't tell us that that was his first bird that he ends up killing. So, Oh, really? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So Ken and I are talking back and forth, and then he's like, hey, start calling. So I start yelping, and all of a sudden they just pick their heads up, give them a little more sweet talking, and then they come running across the field, and the rest is history. Colby, yeah. Colby smacked him, which shouted to Colby, who's a Hoyt guy, who I turned him into a Weatherby guy for the day. So, <laughs> so I was go. pretty happy about that.
2: Yeah. That was was really good It was exciting
1: Yeah And then a couple Heck Barely an hour and a half later They did another double So Got to watch a lot of birds die this weekend So it was pretty awesome
2: Yeah you just
0: unfortunately Had the wrong position on that one Yeah On on that second
1: I was I was pretty happy that Colby smacked another one So He was pretty fired up And he was That was That was both those guys' last night So
0: Yeah he was ready to swim the river for it (laughs) (laughs) But
3: um, Well wait Swim the river A second time? Yeah, Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, Colby, I'll tell that story real quick. I we're trying to cross this little creek that is actually fairly deep. Like I'm talking like four feet deep um, in the middle for sure. And uh, and there's like a tree that kind of goes over it, but it's kind of a ways down. And so it's like, well, we're on the high side. I could probably just jump to reach the low side. And I, there's this little divot that comes out. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try it. It might be soft. I'm going to do it. I jump. Um, with my camera bag and everything, my backpack and, or actually, no, I, I put it all in there and, and left it on the side. And I said like, Hey, if I make it, then you can toss it. So I jump land solid ground. Awesome. Climb up. Just I'm make like, it look easy. Hey, You're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe, He's like, okay, like here, let me hand the bow across. We hand the bow across and hand, he tosses me my bag. Um, and, and then he's like, okay, like, let me give this a shot. He jumps, sticks the landing, looks like the, you know, Olympian, like with the arms out, you know, and then, but he does what every Olympian should not do and stands straight up immediately and rejoicing with his hands up in the air. And then just, it's like, just like that, the Jenga tower that's tipping backwards and just, you can't stop it and and it gets falls straight in there and it comes up like, passed his belly button up, you know, pretty much to his armpits. And he's just like
2: soaked.
4: <laughs> it was like, oh man, <laughs> so, so close. And the so.
2: best part is we got it on video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere it's going to show up. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, on a loop.
0: <laughs> yeah. We we definitely are putting that in the episode. So definitely check out Hooked Hunting for to watch that. But um, was, Tyler, was this your first time turkey hunting with Ken?
1: Yeah, this is my first time with Ken. So I, okay. I grew this is a totally different experience. I was pretty jacked come to south dakota because i grew up in missouri totally different style of hunting in missouri you can only hunt till one it's a lot of timber birds you know coming to the prairie i was pretty pumped up to try a new style yeah try a new style haven't really done the whole fanning thing before which is pretty cool um and then just a lot of opportunity typically you know those missouri birds it's Either have decoys or you're just running and gunning. So this this style of running and gunning was was fun. So yeah,
0: Yeah. have you had Jordan? Have you had done fanning before you came here?
3: Yeah, so a little bit in uh, Texas and then Western Oklahoma. So there's a a similar feel when you get out on open ground and the birds are just a lot more aggressive. You know, they can see you from a ways away. You know, uh, those eastern birds. At least my theory is. They're in some dense woods and they've got to be on alert because there could be something behind every tree but out here they're their heads on a swivel they've got great eyesight but this time of year they're just angry they're mad at you so if you can if you can get a fan out in open ground and they see it they just they they run towards you it's 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 fun and uh you can make stuff happen out here too if the birds are are not talking uh, out east it's a tough day but it's out, a real tough day but out here you know you can pull up your 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 binoculars and, and do some glassing and and spot birds and, and, and make a move. So, yeah. And, and, you know, something really cool that happened yesterday because I mean, they've been pretty quiet this week. You know, I don't know if it's the weather or or what, but, uh, there there hasn't been a lot of gobbles just first thing in the morning coming off the roost and then they shut up. And, uh, I mean, we were scratching our heads yesterday in the middle of this pasture. We had two groups of birds located and uh, they just disappeared. And we look over to our left, and there's this massive bald eagle sitting in the tree. And we're like, ooh, this could get interesting. And this eagle takes off. He flies to the next tree. And halfway between the first tree and the next tree, it's like, there they are. We found them. Thanks, Mr. Eagle. And uh, we went up over the hill, and it ended up just being a bunch of hens and, and one jake. But we push the eagle off again, and it goes around another bend. And sure enough, we hear the, we hear another group. So it's like... Things like that happen out here, you know. It's just where else in the world do you see a bald eagle flying along a river making turkey sound
0: off? Yeah, we had that yesterday. We were looking for turkeys, and then this goose went off, and it, you know, and you hear them. And then Ken's like, "Oh, well, thanks, goose." You know?
2: Yeah. And and back in Michigan with the uh, uh, this time of year, it's very common to have the geese working fields and so forth. So when you're when a goose lifts off and starts squawking you're listening for that time and it was just perfect timing yeah for sure um tyler
0: so this isn't the first time you've hunted with ken though
1: no we had a great time i had we did uh montana elk last year where it snowed a ton so that was a fun fun trip with him and nate yeah how did that go it went really good we were able to uh kill a bull we actually i killed a bull kenzer killed a bull Ken, a couple days later, killed a bull. So it was, it was a really fun camp. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. What, uh, I mean, how, so did you have both Ken and Nate with you? How, how did the pack out go? What was the, uh-huh. what was the stock? Oh, Tell me no. about it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This <laughs> oh, is good. Gonna... Well, he's not even here I to had, defend himself. I had camera,
1: <laughs> I had the, one of the best cameramen I've ever hunted with. And that was Ken Byers with me that whole time. bro. <laughs> uh, Nate, he's a, he's a trooper, but, uh. I hunted with Nate as my cameraman the first day and then something about me hiking too hard and stuff. He just couldn't hang up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, Poor totally guy. kidding on that. Um, Nate, Nate had a old wounded knee. Uh, couldn't yeah. go. So that third or fourth or maybe his fourth day we were hunting. Ken and I made the, made the hike up the hill. We're running a little late that day, uh, but we made it to the top and it ended up working out. We spotted a bull and, was able to put a, like a 500-yard shot. Yeah. You should check out that video. That, that was a pretty good one for you guys. That was a cool yeah, video. Yeah,
2: I'll link in the description for so. sure. Yeah, but yeah, it, no,
1: that was a fun camp.
2: Yeah, and I mean, the interesting thing about Tyler is, and quite frankly, the blessing that we have with the guys that we hunt with and we have in camp and we get to share and be, experience these things, Tyler, opening day, he's on one side of basically with Nate, on one side of the, I'll just say the gravel road that separates the little piece of property that I happen to own uh, that's next to some uh, federal land and we're on the other side and we were on the the right side of the road for that particular morning. And so Kinzer from Swagger, Josh shot a nice bull, half hour into the hunt, so to speak, opening morning. Well, two hours later, Tyler is right up there and he's hauling more meat off the mountain than any of us. And it, that may have been the the downfall for poor Nate. Because <laughs> we probably should have left him at the bottom.
1: Yeah, he, he probably should not have made that climb. Because we, not only we we did that crazy vert in the morning, we came down and then did the crazy vert that you guys did just to get up to you guys. And it was, at that point, went from rain, which when you get wet, I'd rather just be be snow but it went from rain to freezing rain to snow to oh by the time we get to you guys and you guys get the bowl cleaned up we had like four or five inches of snow by that time and then so you got that wet slick underneath and then you got snow on top so then packing out heavy packs that's pretty pretty tough on a knee yeah and and your and your quads there so yeah
0: and kinzer was telling he was in camp here for turkey camp and he was telling me that That's when his knee really swelled up. Like you said before, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, like you got an injury. But then after that, it was like a pumpkin, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it was kind of cool because Kenzer's halfway down the hill. Well, maybe not quite half. And he's got the antlers and it's kind of, you know, the typical thing where it's kind of flopping around. He's carrying his rifle. so. Tyler volunteers to take another 20 pounds of meat out of Kinzer's pack. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Hey, you can come hunting with me. No
1: kidding. Kinzer, I don't know. He didn't pack his bag well on that one because I'm like, dude, you look like you're struggling. Just throw that in the top. So (laughs)
0: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then, so you got a bowl the next day. It was Uh,
1: was a couple days. We we fought the snow for a couple days. We got socked in that night where you couldn't see 30 yards. Um, then we got up and we hunted a whole full day. That was the cold day. Um, and then we, then it was the, it was, I think the fourth day maybe.
0: Yep. So. Yep. Yep. But did you spot and stock it? Did you, you know, come was, out of nowhere? Or it what? was
1: spot and, and kill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was quick. quick. Once we got to where we wanted to be, preferably before sh- shooting light. Um, once we, once we crested the top, um, there, there he was, We we spotted him right away and. Um, he actually got into some dark timber, and we were like, "We got to make a play to get closer." So we made that play, got up, got him within range, and Ken um, he put that Rocky Mountain uh, call <laughs> and he calls to work, and absolutely stops this bull with the best cow call I've ever heard in my life. And uh, this bull stops looking, okay, then bang! So. Yeah, it was a good one. And didn't he
0: tumble a little? bit? Oh yeah,
1: he rolled down the hill. So it was pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely go check that out. Um, And was that your first bull? No, I killed. I'd
1: killed a bull before. Okay. So yeah.
0: Okay.
2: That that may have been your first public land bull Uh, with a rifle.
1: Yes, first first one in in Montana. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, but we got to tell a funny story if we got a minute. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Tell it because Nate and I have been in the hills in the mountains a couple years now and we've covered a lot of turf. So when he come up with his wounded knee deal, we're like, is it for real or is it really <laughs> hurt? So man, we got all sorts of the guys in camp were concerned. I was concerned because he's a pretty tough kid, resilient and, the funniest part is when we finally realize that it's really bad and it's not getting better and he'd called you, Connor. Yeah. And and you guys had, had a discussion. So it's like, look, he needs to go to a walk in clinic and have this X rayed and checked out. So he walks in, he's you know, he's Well limped. he
1: hobbles in. He didn't walk in. He didn't walk <laughs> right. back. Very helped him in. and,
2: and my wife Mary was gracious enough to drive in there. And I think maybe she might have even push the wheelchair, that kind of thing, get him in, in the facility. I, I got to go get this guy. He's got to defend himself here. So, the, and we're, you know, we've given him a hard enough time, even though it was all in fun. But the I mean, poor.
3: I mean, shoot, Tyler could have just put him in the pack and carried him down the Yeah, hillside. I
1: could have carried him around and he could film me that way.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. But he goes into the doctor. And this, this gal's like, well, let's, let's have a look. Let's, let's see your leg. And he's talking about how uh, his, uh, you know, uh, and quite frankly, he's gone from 135 pounds when I first met him to like 150 and he's put some upper, upper body strength and for sure. So (laughs) what this lady said, (laughs) she's looking, (laughs) she's like, whoa, son. He's looking at his leg. I think you've skipped your leg day at the gym. <laughs> oh, look, look who just showed up. Oh, whoa, oh this whoa, poor whoa. guy
0: here. So, Nate, I, I had to run and grab you real quick because we're, we're, talk, we're telling the leg day story. And uh, and so, you know, do you want to tell it from your side of the story? Because he you know, hasn't skipped leg doctor's day Doctor's orders are pretty... Uh, <laughs> Are pretty
4: official, you know. Hey, all right. Well, I'll tell you here. Give me the headphones. I I want to be part of this. Okay. So how did how did you put it right now? Nothing but positive things. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe we that. were. I
1: think I believe we were at the part where the doctor
4: asked you if you skip leg day. Oh, oh no. Okay. So <laughs> I I came I came into this urgent care. I was like, man, my knee is hurting. It's just like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna go home. It's been stressful waking up at 2am for this hunt i don't know what i'm doing and the nurse pulls me into the place and and she's checking both knees and she's like huh skipping leg day every day how much you know you should be uh you should be working out these knees a little bit more so when you get back home make sure you get on the bike so <laughs> so it's i i shouldn't have told that story
2: to anybody cuz now i just won't just won't go away. And and, and another thing that we sorta of kind of enjoyed to hear in a weird way, because Kenzer, I think he kinda had you figured out what was torn and yes. you, you know, it was an old wound and you know, there was something to it that you could kinda go, Yeah, that's kind of the stuff that I've put my body through to make this all happen. Right, right. And all of a sudden she says, uh, no, it's, there's nothing torn. <laughs>
4: no, it was just yes, soft tissue. It damage. was a
2: bruised meniscus. <laughs> yeah. That's what it
4: was. And yeah, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Even though that's,
3: that's but- no joke on the side of a mountain covered in ice and snow, you know, like.
4: Oh, but is it a joke with Ken most of the
2: time? <laughs> Rub a little dirt, you know, Tyler? <laughs> Rub a little dirt. That's what Tyler said. He's I still
1: packed out an elk, even hey, with all of that. We gave you
4: mad props on
1: that.
2: Okay, I have right. to go
1: back and listen to that to
4: make sure I'm telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can watch that episode. Yeah. All right, well,
0: I had to give you at least a chance to defend yourself or validify you know, the truth of, of the matter. So thanks for stopping by. There was
1: most likely a Yelp review where the bedside manner of that walk-in clinic could be a little bit better. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I call that five-star service.
1: (laughs) That's in an undisclosed location.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Jordan, have you ever been able to go elk hunting?
3: Uh, just a couple times. I I shot one in Alberta a few years ago and, uh, I've gone with a few folks and, and, And help them pack them out but uh uh, you know i'm an oklahoma guy and this mountain hunting is 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 relatively relatively new for me at least being behind the trigger or behind the bow so um i'm really excited to just get after it this year hopefully going to draw a couple tags in colorado and potentially a wyoming tag and i mean it's it's on this year so i'm looking forward to it um just curious what were you guys using on that hunt what what platform did you have
1: Um, On that hunt, we were using the Mark 5, so we were doing some product testing stuff. We were using the 338 RPM, and then we were also using a 300 Weatherby, so all good stuff on that one, but that was the Mark 5 platform.
2: Yep. so we had the Backcountry 2.0 topped with your Burris Veracity 3 to 15, and uh, I had it dialed in dead on at 200, and we were using the Marks. And so uh, Tyler made the adjustment. It was five hundred five yards. One shot, boom! That thing hit the dirt. And uh, uh, Kenzer's shot was three hundred. Boom! Right in the kisser. And mine was like three fifty. Boom! Using the next dash down. And I mean that it that three hundred poom. What a pleasure it is to carry Yeah, that was that a rifle. good
1: combination. That was my first time using some Burris stuff, and it was it performed well. So
3: yeah, I know we're in turkey camp and it's all about shotguns and red dots and uh you know i guess in this camp bows as well which is always fun but there's a couple things in camp that steal in the show a little bit i mean yeah. i don't know tyler if you want to go into that but I- i'm certainly impressed
1: yeah we're uh we got to test a lot of cool stuff so hopefully by the time this podcast comes out you guys will see that we just launched our um, a new rifle action for weather um so People who are familiar with Weatherby, we have our Mark V and our Vanguard. And this so a new action, we're calling it Model 307. This is our first action of over 50 years. So pretty cool to see some new innovation from our company coming out on such a, you know, more of a legacy brand historic thing. We're trying to kind of push that envelope. So this new action is going to be a little bit different than people are used to. It's based off a 700 um, footprint. So there's going to be a lot of compatibility with other aftermarket parts and things like that so
3: yeah i was super impressed this thing packs down it's got a what mdt chassis on it yep so
1: there's gonna be a couple of models so um the first the model that we have here is the alpine mdt um it's on an mdt hunt 26 chassis so if you're familiar with that that's their lightweight from late light, lightweight chassis it has a foldable buttstock adjustable length of pull adjustable comb. it's got a integrated arca rail so it's got a lot of cool features where you can do some competitive shooting and then also pack it up a mountain. So it's got kind of a cool crossover feature there.
3: Like you said, 57 years. So to see weather be coming out with something like that, that's that's awesome.
1: It's pretty cool. We're, we're really excited about it. We're calling it Model 307 because it's one of our first big projects since we moved to Wyoming. 307 is the area code. So we wanted to pay homage to like the new facility and all the growth from coming from California, moving to Wyoming, that it's really allowed, you know, you know, a large brand, like the weather, everyone thinks about how old it is. And it's like, we've doubled in the last couple of years just because of, you know, the move to Wyoming and having a bigger, better team.
0: I was just going to ask how that, like you obviously weren't there before the move, but you, like, have you, how is the experience now that the move has happened and that you guys have had this much growth?
1: Yeah. Why Wyoming opened or welcomed us with open arms and we were just able to really invest in the facility, um, the workforce, labor force are. We have twice the employees. Um, so it's been really good for not only our brand, but our company and, the, you know, the people of Sheridan. It's pretty cool to be a part of that community.
0: That is cool. Well, and it, and it's awesome that Wyoming has welcomed you like that to talk about something completely different, Greeley, Colorado. How how, how has uh, the Colorado restrictions and all that been going for you when it comes to developing something like the new uh, new scope you got coming out?
3: Well, I think we should just, avoid the political side of this right now because i don't want to get too frustrated and mad on this on this podcast i mean gosh there are some terrible things going on in new california i mean the state of colorado (laughs) but uh greeley's great Greeley, uh my wife wrote this line she said where the high plains meet the front range this oh, yeah. is where burris optics calls home.
1: Jesus, she have a marketing thing going on there too or yeah, she
3: can write. This she, is
1: where she, she, this is where you get all your good ideas. Right. Well,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I, when I heard her say that the first time I'm like, I'm using that. But uh no, yeah. So uh, you got Weatherby, first action of 57 years. It's an older company. And then you've got Burris Optics. It was founded in 1972 and I mean, we've got a lot of lines of optics that guys have been running for years and years and years. And if you you ask guys in this industry or that have hunted, I mean, Burris has been around. Um, But we've got something really cool this year that came out, too, that, um, gosh, we're we're really excited about. We took our Veracity 4 to 20, and we added some technology to it. So inside the scope, there's a heads-up display that reads out your dialed position of your elevation turret. We call it our peak system programmable elevation knob system so you get a mobile app you build a bullet profile and you bluetooth it to the scope you set it you forget it so you're programming that elevation dial and when you you dial the elevation turret it displays your dial distance in yardage inside the scope so we're taking the dope card we're integrating it into the optic so that you don't have to uh you don't have to have uh, that hesitation of pulling out a a dope card or that lack of confidence in the, the critical moment of a shot, wondering if you're dialed to, to the correct distance. And uh, we've been doing a lot of testing the past couple of years on this product and it just works. It's, it's a simple process. It's a, it's a fast process and it's just very effective at um, building that confidence and being very precise downrange.
1: Where I get excited is it just, it takes out some variables. So, so like when you're in that moment and you're going through your shot process, it's one less thing you got to think about. So that's where I get excited. You don't have to come off the gun. I think that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, our, our whole goal, and we've got some other tech products that have been around for a while, like our eliminator rifle scope and our Oracle two and Oracle X bow sights. Uh, They have um, some really cool technology in them as well. But the whole goal for us is, take out the air. We, we want less wounded animals. Um, just just because optics these days are way more capable of, of you know matching the performance of, of modern rifles and, and shooting a great distance, it's not just about that distance, it's about being more precise and, and reducing that margin of error. And so with a scope like the Veracity PH, we're dialing down to one tenth MOA equivalency on our accuracy, and I mean we are really splitting hairs with, with what that that optic is capable of. And um, focus, you know, we're just narrowing it down so that the shooter can focus on making a good shot and focus on not taking a bad shot. Um, that when that moment of a lifetime comes up, and you might not get a second chance at that animal, you don't want you don't want to rush it. You don't want to make a bad judgment call. Because you know there's not going to be another opportunity. So if you can maximize that moment, that critical moment, I mean, why not, right?
1: Yeah, I think a big thing is confidence too. You're giving when I feel dialed and I feel confident. I I, there should be no doubt in your mind that you're gonna you're gonna hit that animal. So I think the more more things like this, that's just gonna make me more confident shooter.
2: Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I'd like to add because the technology. Uh, that's been going out there in the in the optics uh, industry in the market. It's amazing just in the last, I mean, I was a, in high school. This goes back quite a while now, but um, I would work for Williams Gunsight Company. So I got to see some very smart people in this arena trying to do what they can do to put uh, hunters in a position that Burris is doing right now, 25, 30 years later. And with with this new model, Jordan, correct me if i'm wrong, you can keep your eyes looking through the scope as you're adjusting yeah. that elevation seeing that readout so you never have to take a, be out of the scope looking at your turret. Using your words, 100%.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, you you don't have to leave the optic and uh, you still need to know the distance to your target. So if you've got somebody spotting for you and you know using a rangefinder, you know, we've got a new Handheld rangefinder and a pair of range finding binos that that came out this year to complement this this scope. Uh, you know, they could tell you, hey, that elk, how how far was your shot, Tyler?
1: Uh five hundred.
3: Ken could have said, Hey, five hundred, and you just reach up and dial to five hundred yards. And uh, you know, if there's a wind, we have a wind holdover value in there, there's a bubble level. You just focus on making a good shot. You don't you don't have to guess, uh, you know, am I holding high enough? Am I holding low enough? Is this Radical really as accurate as I think it is. Obviously, you know, it worked out for you and we've put a lot of attention into our, our ballistic radicals over the years. I mean, that's a whole story for another day. Um, but we just, we want to maximize that confidence and uh, precision during that process.
0: And if the battery fails, it just becomes a regular old scope.
3: Yeah, it just enhances it. You can still dial to distance. We've got MOA, Marks laser on the elevation dial. You can still refer to a dope card, but uh, we just want to, like I said, remove that margin of error and and make that that process more efficient.
0: And that's a really crucial point. Not to get back into politics, but when it comes to like states that are outlawing certain things or saying that you can't use electronics, you know, because it aids the hunter too much or whatever, I it would be interesting to see the uh, the stats on whether that it causes hunters to take more risky shots versus hunters to be more effective with their shots. Because I would argue that it... Be, we were talking about this earlier, that it makes it more effective and it makes it more precise. You have less wounded animals and and you have more people going home and actually punching the tag versus saying like, ah, oh, like I ain't going to find it and then going and shooting something else. I mean, how shouldn't.
3: how many of us have... Come across a, a deadhead that's got an arrow in it, or uh, you know, you could tell that it had been shot far, you know, a little far back. And did they punch their tag, or did they say, you know what? I, I searched for two, three days, I couldn't find it, and I kept hunting. I mean, we don't want people out there punching two elks on one one tag because of a wounded animal. It it happens, but it shouldn't happen. And I, I think technology like this it's like you said, it's not about taking a riskier shot. It's about being more effective with the shot you take. And and I, I would argue that there would be less wounded animals, less lost animals out there. Therefore, there would be less people going after multiple animals. And it sounds like a good idea, I think, um, you know, from a from an office desk to, to see this technology being developed and say, well, you know, all of our animals are going to die because, you know, the technology out there just makes it way too easy for the for the shooter. I mean you still have to hike up a mountain. You still gotta pack this thing out. You know what I mean? And if you're you're bow hunting, you still have to play the wind and put on a good stock. But it's that critical moment, those marginal marginal moments of making a, a kill shot versus a bad shot. And I, I think it's our responsibility to, to make a good shot. So if this Technology is going to assist in that. Then why wouldn't we want it?
2: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's
3: pretty well put there.
0: For sure, it sounds like you've said that at a couple shows. Oh yeah, we talk
3: about it all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, that's
3: just like just because this slick new rifle can easily shoot a thousand yards. What did you say? Less than a half inch, MOA or point. Or point it's, six? Yeah, it's
1: got a. It's got a. Yeah, the, the, the one that, that particular you shot. rifle we brought was a point six three. Is what I was able to shoot, and I'm by no means our best shooter at Weatherby, so don't don't get any ideas there. So yeah, I mean we
3: practice at our range all the time, out to 1100 to 1800 yards, but we're not gonna, we're not going to take an 1100 yard shot in a hunt. But boy, it makes that 400 500 yard shot a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. and
1: people <laughs> who practice at distance. I mean, to say like to throw like an arbitrary number of like, oh, that's not your effective kill range. It's like, well, how much do you practice? Like me shooting at 500 is that that could be way better than someone who should never shoots and is shooting at 200. So it's all about you got to know what your own effective range is and really have a conversation with yourself before you start throwing out just benchmark numbers. Right.
2: Yeah, agreed. And I'm telling you both Tyler and Jordan, I am so stoked about to try this uh your rifle and uh the the scope out in Wyoming. I've waited 10 years drawing points for a mule deer hunt in the high country and uh you know, Lord willing, it's going to be enough points to make it happen this year and uh I'm I'm going to lose sleep thinking about that and to be able to carry that rifle up there. Topped with that optics and have the capability with all that technology is uh, got me fired up. Yeah, and
0: it's accurate. Uh, Fenson was shooting it today. First two shots, same hole
2: <laughs> in the in the on the target. It was pretty cool. Well, coming from a Canadian, I think he just flinched them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and
3: I, I, I'm a little biased, but I have to put in the shameless plug. If you haven't looked through a Burris rifle scope, you really should. I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think we get enough credit sometimes. I think that, uh, guys think that we've been around for a long time and you know, that's your granddad's scope, but the whole company is, is built for hunters by hunters, for shooters by shooters. And I mean that opening day in September, like if we didn't get our stuff done ahead of time, that place is empty. And, you know, maybe if we weren't so close to good hunting, we'd be even further ahead than what we are now. But, no, that's 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 the fun of it, you know? Boy,
2: Jordan, you touched on something because I've literally, this ferocity that's setting on that 2.0 Weatherby is, like, I've had some folks who are, what's the word when you're, like, really into optics or into something? It, they're anal about so many things that edge to edge clarity and, and the brightness and so many things. And I can remember we were shooting out to 600 yards when I was doing my final adjustments before the elk hunt. And, uh, the fellow that's been on the podcast a few times, our good friend, Larry Nayert, and he's put his eyes through most of the high end glass and refuses to, um, compromise there. Yeah, yeah. Compromise at all. And he's like, He's looking through this scope and he looks up and turns to me and he said, are you kidding me? And I said, no, I'm not kidding you. So to your point, Jordan, you need to be, if you haven't looked through a burst in a while, it's time. Yeah.
0: And, and with that veracity pH, like I know it's, you know, you're not like trying to aim for cheap or whatever, but it's, it is a very, very good value for, for the level. And Ken, you said
2: that you know the guy that builds them right well it's it's just interesting and we're so fortunate to be around people and like i say back when i was a teenager working for williams gunsight and watching these master gunsmiths that are kind of at the end of their career and and just listen to to their wisdom And and they chewed me out a few times. I can remember working the retail counter and somebody had an issue, couldn't get there, didn't have enough adjustment in the scope. And so I took the rifle back to this gunsmith and he says to me, he said, give me 20 minutes. I'll have her working. And so it was just before rifle season, November 14th. And this guy was in a panic. I walked out. I told him that the gunsmith bent his scope mounts so now that they're aligned and the gunsmith heard me say that i'm telling you what when i walked back there and i was literally like um you know on cloud nine able to resolve this problem through our gunsmith and so complimentary to our gunsmith he said if i ever catch you say bend to to a customer (laughs) you are going to be in serious trouble so I say all that just to say that uh, um, the folks in the industry that we get to hang out with and we get to talk to and and their experience and their passion and their drive to be the best at what they do and I asked this cat about that scope and he goes I was involved in the development of it and For the price, it is unbelievable for the delivery, what it delivers in technology. And uh, it has, I mean, passed in spades, Jordan. You're to be commended to be what you're doing there at Burris.
3: Yeah, it's exciting to be at a a company that's that's coming out with products like this. And, I mean, we've got a long roadmap ahead of us,
0: and uh, it's only up from here.
2: Yeah, Yeah, agreed.
0: That's for sure. And, and it's been awesome to have you guys, you know, here for turkey hunting and everything. And and Jordan, you were we were going to do a mule deer hunt last year and some stuff happened, wasn't able to happen, or we were at least thinking about it, you didn't draw or something like that. But I hope we we're able to get you out, at least in some kind of a, a testy situation with Ken Byers, because that is the Byers special.
3: If I know Ken Byers, I think he sees the potential in folks when they don't see it. And he pushes them hard- so that they can truly
0: discover what they're made of. And I've I've heard the stories. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Take a look in the description for all the links. And don't forget to subscribe.